it's the next level. Hmm? Ah! Oh. You gave him the guns. No. I hid them. That's right, Jack. He's as stupid as you are. You were so busy worrying about each other, you never even saw me coming, did you? So how about you listen up? Because I'm only going to say this once. You took my stuff. Well, I was off trying to get his help, get his rescued. You found my stash, and you took it. Divvied it up. My shaving cream, my batteries, even my beer. And then something else happened. And you decided these two boys here were going to tell you what to do and when to do it. Well, I'm done taking orders. And I don't want my stuff back. Shaving cream don't matter. Batteries don't matter. Only thing that matters now are guns. And if you want one, you're gonna have to come to me to get it. There's a new sheriff in town, boys. Y'all best get used to it. Welcome everyone into another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited from the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from Podcastica, I'm Kristen Howell. Uh, we are covering Season 2, Episode 13, the long con this week of our series rewatch. Yeah, and uh, we're finally, <laughs> it's funny that we had a couple people, uh, a couple listeners like message and, and stuff saying that they were also not fans of last week's episode. Uh, that they were happy to hear that we were in the same boat, that it was not one of our favorite episodes. Yeah, well, the episode was stupid. <laughs> it's but, okay not to like an episode of television. Yeah, I mean, especially when you have a season that's like 22, 24 episodes, it's, you're not going to have, not every episode is going to be a masterpiece. And They can't all be winners. Yes, and, and last week... Uh, was a good example of that, but I think we're on a on an up on an uptick this week with the long con for sure. So, yeah, it was uh, better. It was definitely better. Before we get into that, uh, just a couple notes. Obviously, this is a spoilerful podcast, so expect to hear spoilers from both the past and the future of the series at this point. And the uh, sideways. And oh, that's right. And, and that's a good one. I did Thanks. not think to say that. Thank you. No problem. Um, <laughs> I wanted to talk real quick too. I just wanted to mention the poll that's on the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash we have to go back or no, what the hell is that? It's, um, uh, <laughs> lost revisit facebook.com slash lost revisited. So well today. I know. Um, uh, yeah, Facebook.com slash Lost Revisited. We have a poll currently up right now for the next couple of days uh, over who did you prefer, who had the better chemistry, Jack and Sawyer, 
Uh, oh, Jack and Sawyer. Wow, we're on a roll. Kaiser. Hey, man, I I haven't messed up once. This recording. This recording, exactly. <laughs> this tape. <laughs> uh, no, who had the better chemistry, Kate and Jack or Kate and Sawyer? And uh, right now, it's a lot closer than I thought it would be, uh, but Kate and Sawyer are currently in the lead. Well, so. uh, to be fair, in the comments, a couple people said that they did not want to vote because they thought that um, Sawyer and Juliet were actually the best. Uh, I, I think that's uh, I think that's a uh, a good point. I, I think they were really well together. We talked a little bit about that last week, but mm. this poll says between those two, so they can still vote. <laughs> I, I'm not saying who had the who had the best chemistry. The poll says who had better chemistry between those two. So, uh, but yeah, I'm gonna try and think of some new polls to put up like every week. Uh, so if you have any ideas for polls that you want to hear, let us know. And Kristen, you can do the same thing. You can. Oh, know. don't worry. I'm sure you will. My opinion is always no. Because <laughs> you do polls. <laughs> you do polls with House Podcastica a lot too. I do. Yeah, we're doing a, a poll every day right now, in in the lead up to the season premiere, my whole brain is Game of Thrones right now. So switching over to Lost is is a trip. So. Yeah, because you were asking me questions already that I didn't know. So your brain yeah, is you definitely epically failed. I did, but that's all right. <laughs> that's okay. Uh, let's get into the breakdown of the episode where Kristen and I would just go back and forth, bringing up some points of the episode and. Uh, just discussing the episode in, in total. So I'm going to leave it to you, as I usually do, to kick things off. Okay, well, we're going to go uh, and start off with Jack sucks so hard. <laughs> All right. Okay. Jack is really, I mean, he's at the pinnacle of his douchiness in this episode. I wanted to sock him in the mouth ha like every single time he was on the screen this episode. And the first time was... It's just the entitlement that he has that he thinks he can go into someone else's tent and ransack their entire place and, and take what they think it belongs to him. I understand that Sawyer took the drugs. I understand that, you know, uh, Jack thought that that was wrong. But two wrong, first of all, two wrongs don't make a right. I teach that to my five-year-old. And Jack just acts like a child. He's just like, well, we need it. And you shouldn't have taken it. And you don't and have a like, stash anymore. Yeah. And it's and, and then at the end, when Sawyer brings up and, and we'll get into this later. But at the end, Sawyer says, hey, he, he came back and all his stuff was gone. All of it. It had been completely taken and ransacked and divvied up. That's that's like gypsy status. You know, and and so I I had a, I kind of understood Sawyer's point of point of view on this. Did I like the way he did any of it? No, but I understand why he was upset. And he's just and and then Jack is like, Locke, you're gonna give me the code to this, and you're gonna give me two guns right now." And he starts screaming almost violently in front of everybody, like he's has he's lost control. He's on such he's on this weird power trip he's mean to everybody to everybody there is not one person that he speaks to with any sort of respect he i mean he kind of was like that with anna lucia but then like the minute he thought that maybe she would have been um a part of son's attack he started treating her like crap he doesn't know how to treat anybody with respect and at the same time he expects 
all the respect to come back to him no matter what. I, he's just such an unlikable character, especially in this episode. I just, I, I, I hope he drowns. Oh, God. Um, tell me how you really feel about Jack. I really, um, like, the most of my notes are Jack is the worst. Jack sucks balls. Jack's a dick. Well, I want to, I, okay. I, I don't want to turn around and say that you're wrong in anything that you said, because you're not. He really is that kind of a person. And I, I want to kind of <clears throat> piggyback on that a little bit by with a couple things. I think I can totally understand that what Jack did with ransacking Sawyer's tent and taking the drugs back was, was wrong. It, it was not the way to do it. But on the other side of that, and I have a note of this too as to why when we find out what the actual long con was of the episode, which we'll talk about soon, you know, when we find out, you know, Sawyer's intentions about, you know, everybody taking his things and what you said about that being a gypsy mentality, like, look, this is somebody who with all intents and purposes was not meant to return to the Island. He was on a raft to get everybody rescued. So why keep all of his things in one spot and have them be unused? I actually feel like them taking his things and divvying them up was perfectly fine. But of when he, he was coming back, but he was coming back to get every with a rescue. Those things were never going to be his again. If he came Why? back with rescue, there was no need for him to keep those items again because he was Why? literally going to because he was going to come back, get everybody picked up and leave. But don't you think that that should have been his decision? But uh, I, I do. Okay. His decision to what to, to on what happens to his stuff. If they wanted to divvy it all up, they should have asked before he left. Well, but here's the, but here's the thing though. When you let me put it to you this way: if you got on a raft, if you were in Sawyer's shoes, and you got in a raft, you got put on a raft to leave and get everybody rescued. If you made it to land and you got everybody rescued and you brought rescue back to the island, are you even remotely worried about what what happened to your things? If I'm Sawyer, yes. But, I mean, those things because are... Because he's Sawyer. And but, keep in mind, it's been four days. And yeah, nothing it, emergency, no emergency has happened in those four days. But again, look at it from a perspective of people on the island. You're not expecting Sawyer to come back without rescue. So, so you're telling me that they couldn't wait four days, 96 hours before divvying up shaving cream and beers and and other items that were that belonged to him in 96 hours i don't think they had a i don't think they they had a reason to because you're they, not expecting sawyer to come back unless he's coming back with rescue nobody expected that raft to go down and i mean am i saying is it unreasonable for sawyer to have said like hey if i don't make it <clears throat> if you don't see me in a week Go ahead and, you know, it, it probably means good things. Go ahead and turn my things around. Yeah, but I don't think anybody's thinking of that at that time. Everybody at that point is like, Sawyer's leaving with Michael and Jin. They're coming back with rescue. Uh, so I I'm don't sorry. think... It... I just think that that's so disrespectful. It's so disrespectful to be like, well, this guy's gone. He's not dead, but he's gone. So we'll just ransack his stuff. Well, but it... I'd be mad. I'd be mad. I understand being mad from Sawyer's perspective, but from everybody there on the island's perspective, it doesn't matter what it is, whether it's shaving cream, beer, pills, no matter what. Every resource you have is limited. So if you're not expecting this guy to come back 
because he's going to get rescue. Why not divvy up those resources because everybody else is going to need them? Why put a hold on resources that are just going to sit there for somebody who's not coming back? Okay, so Claire was kidnapped for for like a week. Should her stuff have been divvied up? No, because she's still on the island. You're still trying. You don't to, know that. You're still you she's been kidnapped. You thought? I mean, people people basically gave there's, up on her. They stopped looking for there's her. There's a difference between Kate being kidnapped and knowing you still have plans no, to rescue Claire. Or, sorry, Claire being re kidnapped and still having plans to bring her back to the camp. Sawyer's situation was different because Sawyer wasn't in Sawyer's intentions were to not come back. There's a difference. I don't think so. I, I really I, I, I don't. I think that if if you, if you really think that you needed it, pack up all of his stuff, pack up Michael's stuff, pack up, pack up everybody except Jen. Right. All of Jen's stuff goes to Sun because Sun, Sun will keep Sun's it safe. With him, yeah. <clears throat> but Michael and Walt's stuff and Sawyer's stuff could have at least been packed up separately and maybe put in the hatch or put with a trusted, you know, neutral source. And then if they needed something, if there was an emergency where they absolutely needed something, then yeah, you go in and, and you see if they have it. But until then, that's it. If, if you don't need it, then why, then why give it away? I, I seriously, I, I think that this was such a violation. Well, I okay. mean, look, <clears throat> I don't mean to cut you off, but let's okay. let's look at this from Sawyer's perspective now, and especially what happened in this episode. You know, with with him having the guns by the end and hiding them. If Sawyer, I don't think Sawyer even thought he was coming back at that point, because if he did, he would have taken his stuff and hidden it, so that nobody else could have it. Not because that's the smart move. That's because that's who Sawyer is. If he did not want anybody having any of his things, he would have not have left them in his tent. He would have taken them and he would have hidden them. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Am I, I am mean, I... For him to come back to nothing is just, that's that sucks. I'd be pissed. I'd be pissed. I, I'm not saying he, they he doesn't have... They should have given him his stuff back. And that, uh, that I agree with. I think if he came back, they should have given him his stuff back. Whatever see, wasn't used, the they should Jack... have given it back. And Jack's not going to do that because Jack has zero respect for Sawyer, especially Sawyer. So if Jack's not giving it back, then what's going to make everybody else give it back? Because attitude reflects leadership. And I agree with that. I, I, I'm not disagreeing with you in one bit about Jack being a disrespectful asshole. I'm just saying that when it comes to giving Sawyer's things away and divvying them up, I don't find any fault in what they did. I oh, think I think I if, if Sawyer really did not want anybody having his things – being the person that Sawyer is, he would have hidden them. He would have moved them. I don't think okay. Sawyer had any intention of coming back. I think we're missing the bigger point, though, in that Sawyer even says himself, this isn't about my things. And Kate kind of hits the nail on the head about, you know, you just want to be hated. I think It's easier. Yeah, I, I think the whole, you know, arguing about taking his things that was motivation for him to go back on being hated. And I don't think it was just being hated. I think it's also being feared. Uh, Kate, uh, that's the way Sawyer feels power. And he made a power move. And it worked. That's just, you know, that's my opinion on it. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. I just, um, I don't know. I uh, Looking at it just as, you know, just watching the two of them 
uh, Jack and, and Sawyer, it's just all I see is is this dick that's just, you already took all his stuff. You already divvied up all his stuff. Now the stuff that he does have since coming back, you're completely ransacking. I mean, he left a mess. It looked like a boar went through his tent. Yeah. You know? And, and he just, I don't know. I just, Jack is so unbelievably unlikable. And I, I just think he's he's reached this pinnacle in this episode where he is just, I, I, I don't find any positive redeeming qualities about him well, and, at all. And you're absolutely right. I think I think a pinnacle is a good way to put where he's at. And it's just funny that the one person he respects the least, which is Sawyer, is the one person that by the end of this episode has put him in check. Good. You know, and it's, I think it's only rightfully so. Yeah. That that's the way everything played out. I mean, I, there would have been nothing wrong with Jack coming to coming back to Sawyer and saying, hey, you know, I, I need I want the pills back instead of just ransacking his tent mm-hmm. as Sawyer is swimming and still soaking wet as he's putting his pants back on. Right. That annoyed me that I don't know why it did. Uh, you're on an island with the sunshine and just dry off before you put your pants on, pal. Like that's, I don't know. I'm okay with him being in his boxers. <laughs> exactly. I figured you would be. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think Jack is, um, uh, well, I, I want to kind of, I'm not say I'm not going against what you're saying. Jack is the worst, but I think I can kind of lump lock into the same field this episode. Because, um, you know, one of the things that we get in the beginning of the episode is we get the, the statues addressed in the very beginning with the with the heroine. Locke is very open with, with uh, Jack about, you know, those are that was Charlie's stash. I figured we could use it for, you know, for healing purposes or whatever. And Jack says, you know, are you going to keep it in the statues? And Locke, you know, replies, do you want to break seven Virgin Mary statues? Locke literally just told Jack, this is why I'm keeping this in here. I'm keeping this because you're a doctor. You could probably use this. But yet when Jack asks for the combination, you don't want to give it to him. Like you're hesitant to give it to him. You just got done telling him you put medicine in the hat, in the safe room, in the gun room. But you still don't want to give him the combination. That's Locke's power trip. Well, maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't trust Jack either. And he had good reason not to trust Jack because Jack went behind Locke's back and violated their agreement and went to go get into the gun locker anyways. I don't think at this point in time, I don't think either one of them has a reason to trust each other. I don't think Jack has a reason to trust Locke and I don't think Locke has a reason to trust Jack. But somehow I don't think Jack is trustworthy. He's not. I think Locke is it's weird like it's when it comes to Locke, like if i were on that island if i when it comes to asking Locke a question i would second guess his his answers but when it comes to trusting Locke with my life i would absolutely do it yeah what did charlie say in season one if if i was to pair up with anybody or if i Locke is like the only person i'm certain is who I who I want on my side yeah. if we get stranded in the jungle. Something like that. Like <laughs> It was just such a good sentence about Locke. Yeah, I mean, Locke's the kind of person where like you second-guess his motives and you, you kind of question his, his responses to questions. But when you're out there, uh, you trust Locke with your life. 
Mm-hmm. It, it's a weird dichotomy. It's a weird like relationship to have with him because he has lied, but he knows what he's doing when it comes down to it in the end. So I think when it comes to like his lies and his and you know his not revealing of all information, um, I think that's reasons why Jack doesn't have Jack has reasons of trusting Locke, but when it comes to Locke trusting Jack, you're right. Jack is just he's not a trustworthy person. He's going to do what he wants to do in the best interest of himself. Mm. So, um. What's something so what, else? what's your what's your oh was I, that well I kind of piggybacked on yours um a little bit but um I, I loved you know just a, a couple quick things um that I'll just mention real quick I love the Scott and Steve confusion again that we got <laughs> yeah uh, with, with Anna Lucia um uh, Anna Lucia and Jack uh, I, I want to switch gears for a minute and talk about the whole Hurley and Saeed. <gasps> okay, because that was one of my points. Okay. Um, uh, I wonder if it's the same thing. I wonder if it's... Oh, I'm sure it is. Go ahead. Say well, it. I have I have two. I, I loved the lightheartedness in the beginning, you know, with Hurley walking up, seeing Saeed breaking the coconuts and saying, hey, going to put the lime in the coconut and drink them both up. Like I he, loved that. He's trying to be there in his own way fight for Saeed. Like, he, mm-hmm. he knows Saeed is going through a hard time. Saeed has kind of isolated himself. This is Hurley being Hurley. And like, like in in so many ways, saying like, "Bro, I'm here for you if you need it." Uh, you know, even when it came down to showing Saeed the radio and leaving it there for Saeed, like that was such a heartwarming move to mm-hmm. do that. You know, that was his that was Hurley's way of saying like he he didn't take the radio back with him and say, "I'll find somebody else to help me." He left it there for Saeed after figuring Saeed to be MacGyver, and. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing full well that would kind of bring Saeed back. And it worked. It totally worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, did you notice the foreshadowing at the end? Well, yeah, I did. Um, uh, there's there's two things in there. Um, there's the manuscript that he's reading, mm-hmm. which is the manuscript of Bad Twin, mm-hmm. which kind of goes into a little bit of... I guess you can kind of foresee as Jacob and the man in black Mm -hmm. uh, slightly because I don't think they're twins, but I believe they are brothers. So they could be twins, just not um, uh, identical twins. Uh, But at the same time, at the end, when they are listening to the radio. Yep. 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 And he says, and um, Saeed says, could be coming from anywhere. And Hurley says, or any time. Yep. Dude, I'm just kidding. But when he it was awesome. when he said that, that was the moment in my mind that clicked when I was like, holy shit. I know we've been saying it for a while, but if there's ever been a moment on this show that solidifies it, the writers knew exactly what they were doing. Right, right. They knew what they were doing and where they were going with this show. There's so much foreshadowing in this sh- in this show. If you really like analyze it and you break it down and you watch it just for that, you know it's it's hard to refute. Yeah, and I think Carlton Cuse and, and Damon Lindelof confirmed that that radio broadcast that they heard was indeed from the 1940s. WXR radio. Yep. So you read the same thing I did. Yeah, um, 
Yeah. Right. So, no, I didn't re- read it. I didn't read anything. It's right. You this you're a wealth of lost knowledge and I love it. No, just on this on this episode I didn't have time to read anything. Oh, really? <laughs> really and truly, I did not have time to read anything this episode. I caught it all on my own this week. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh yeah, WXR was the uh was the radio station. Yep. Um yeah, and it's funny, too, because uh, one of the other things I read was uh, the song that was playing was uh, Moonlight Serenade by Glenn Miller. Glenn Miller is a musician who was never seen after his plane disappeared during bad weather. <laughs> so that's, that's a, awesome. Yeah. Uh, one of the other things I wanted to mention, too, going back to the manuscript, uh, Bad Twin. Uh, bad Twin was it was the manuscript by Gary Trope, who was the guy that was sucked into the turbine in, in the pilot. And they actually created a book. They somebody they actually the I think the the production the producers behind Lost actually created a bad twin story and published it. Oh, so cool! It is out there uh, to read, and there are a lot of references to uh, uh, to Lost type things in there. I know. Um, uh, what were some of the ones I read? Uh, Winmore uh, Winmore family is in there. Um, I think Hanso group is mentioned in the book. So, but yeah, it's, it's a nice little, uh, piece of, piece of, um, like lost memorabilia, if you can find it in bookstores. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which I might do. I might do it and maybe we'll use it as a giveaway. Like we'll, we'll give it away to one of our listeners, which would be That's cool. fun. I like that idea. Yeah. I'll have to see if I can find it. Uh, so yeah, I wanted to make sure that I brought up the whole Hurley in Saeed thing because we've made mention of it before that Hurley is used so often to bring levity to episodes. Mm-hmm. And this was just another fantastic use of that. And that moment at the end that you mentioned too with, you know, any any or any time, uh, like I, I almost cheered at that moment. Mm-hmm. I actually backed it up. I backed it up on, did I hear that right? Yeah. <laughs> It's confirmation that these guys knew what they were doing. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody I says. Agree. They knew what they were doing. I agree. So uh, so what's something else that you wanted to talk about? Um, so I was little, but I just wanted to say that with Sawyer having the guns and just how protective he is over his stuff, I feel like for the first time that the guns are actually safe on the island. <laughs> That's a good point. Is that weird to say? <laughs> no, because there are only two people that know where they are. Yeah, and well, and Charlie will never admit that he was even a little bit a part of that. So that's that's good. And Sawyer's not going to give it up to anybody. You know, so for the time being, the, you know, pissing contest between Jack and Locke and the gun locker uh, is on hold. And I think that, you know, Everybody can maybe calm down a little bit with their power trips and regroup. You know, I, I, Jack's final stand with with Locke was just so unhinged and disrespectful and just awful. Give me two guns right now. I mean, my goodness, what a dick. Um, so it was just really funny because Sawyer comes out. He's like, there's a new sheriff in town, you know, and I, <laughs> I thought to myself, you know, the gut, you know, guns are kind of safe on the island right now. Yeah. I'd say he's not going to share. He's not a sharer. I'm almost. I was almost waiting for Sawyer to come out and be like, "There's a snake in my boots." <laughs> I know. It <laughs> so it was so corny, but I don't care. <laughs> with that little that little cowboy move that he came out there. But you know what? Like, 
he picked his moment perfectly. Oh, like, yeah. These guys were ready to come to blows with each other until he comes stepping out. So, I mean, that was the perfect moment to make that power move. And it worked. Like, I, I yeah. love, I have so much more respect and I'm so much more of a bigger fan of Sawyer this episode I than I have Sawyer. been. I love Sawyer so much. I can forgive him for a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the the plan, you know, it started with the attack on Sun, but the plan that Sawyer and Darth Charlius put together, because <laughs> let's be real, he looks like a Sith Lord at the end of this episode. In the yeah, dark with the hood. It's like, um, <laughs> what was it? Bad Spidey from Spider-Man 3. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Emo Spidey. Yeah, He's e in his emo, emo, emo Charlie. Charlie phase. Yep. <laughs> I like my Darth charlie though. Yeah, I like it too. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, let's talk about that plan for a minute because, you know, we talk about the, that, the, the title. The Long Con? Yeah. The title of the episode is Long Con and... Some of the brilliance in the writing of this episode is that they make you feel like the long con that they're meant that they're talking about is the one that's in play in Sawyer's flashback. Which you, can we just take a moment and say, yay, Kim Dickens. Yeah, another Walking Dead alum coming or Fear the Walking Dead alum. It was nice to see her. Anyways, go on. Um, you know, you're paying attention to this long con that's ha that's playing out in Sawyer's flashback, uh, which is the more obvious one. And you're not really picking up on the hints of the one that's going on in the present in the present time on the island it's written so well that they do make you believe that it really is Anna Lucia that's behind this and as a viewer you're you're starting to question Anna Lucia's motives you don't see it until the end that Sawyer was the real mastermind behind the whole plan with Charlie kind of acting in the shadows uh you know We've talked before about how the previously on Lost is always a hint as to, and this is for any show, uh, the previously on is always a hint as to what's going to be entailed in, in the episode that you're gonna, you're getting ready to watch. The first thing that you see is the whole Jack, or the, is the whole uh, um, Locke and Charlie interaction from last week. But then we don't see Charlie again for pretty much the entire episode. You tend to almost forget about that. Mm -hmm. But if you yeah, were, if you're you, right, if you were paying careful enough attention and it stuck in your mind, you would probably be able to foreshadow that Charlie was a part of this plan. But they write the episode so well that by the time you see Jack, you know, rummaging through Sawyer's tent, you forget that Charlie's even there. Mm. Mm hmm. And it's so well written that way that like I just I, I can't praise the writers enough for that. And Sawyer saves son, <clears throat> you know, and it wasn't even Sawyer's idea to go to the hatch. It was Kate's idea to go to the hatch, you know, and, yeah. and she said, you need to go to the hatch to Sawyer. And so, you know, yeah, there was a lot of misdirection in this episode. And then, you know, you see in the flashback kind of the whole the whole thing unfolding there as well. And you're kind of left with uh, a question in your mind on on really how much of a long con was uh, the one with Cassidy and Sawyer. Well, I think they were together for about six months, he had mentioned. Right. But what I'm saying is at the end, it didn't seem like anybody got the money except for Sawyer. Like his friend didn't get the money. I still don't know how that 
thing went down at the end. He stayed in the car with the suitcase of, what, half the money? But then all of a sudden he had the duffel bag. Or did he transfer the suitcase into the duffel bag and he just let Cassidy have half the money and then he didn't pay his con man friend, um, the guy from Veep. <laughs> I yeah. <don't> <laughs> um, and... So did he screw that guy over or did um, he screw both of them over? That's a good question. I can't, I think I know we're, we're going to see Cassidy again, uh, especially more, she's going to interact with Kate quite a bit, uh, a little well, bit. Well, they were in Kate's town. I mean, we saw Kate's mom. We saw Kate. Yeah. Which we was saw, cool. we saw Diane as the, as the waitress in the diner. Um, we do know that Kate and Cassidy do interact uh, a little bit because I think, it, if I'm correct, I think we see Cassidy actually running Sawyer's Con with the jewelry. And Kate is actually the one that steps in with the money, realizing that it's a con to help her out. Yeah. So they kind of swap roles a little bit. Uh, I can't remember if it's revealed at that time or not how it played out. Um, I, I can't rem- I honestly can't remember. I don't mm-hmm. remember if we find a resolution as to how it all happened or not. My question is, though, because we went at the beginning of the episode, we see Sawyer playing the typical con. We've seen him play before with the latch breaking on the suitcase, the money falling out. Right. Did he initially intend on because we knew find out he knew that she had the money. She had the six hundred thousand dollars. Was the initial plan to try and con her like normal? And then when she was on to it, he had to adapt or was she always a mark for a long con? I don't know. That, I mean, I, 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 and I mean, does he really think that it, I mean, was it really a long con or was it a relationship? Because if it was a con the whole time, there wouldn't be framed pictures of the two of them in the house that they were in. But that's part of the long con. Is it though? Because then if, if some, if she gets conned and there's photographic proof of him. Oh, that's a good point. That's a really good point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah, there's evidence. There's evidence so, of that. So, you know, maybe he maybe he really just wanted it to be real. And until that guy came to the diner uh to get to get the money, maybe he had to he had to kind of um kind of sloppily plan out an end game that where nobody was happy. Well, I think there might be a little bit of genius and I think there might be a a little bit of elements of everything in this in that I think it probably was Sawyer's intention to con her with the short con like he he has in the past. And when it fell through, he had to adapt to that and he had to turn it into a long con, which shows really how smart Sawyer really is. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. To be able to shift into that, to know in a second okay, this didn't work, time for plan B. And, like, he has a backup to everything that he does. And I think, you know, along that same route, I think it was played out that it was going to become a long con. And I think there were genuine feelings that he developed. Mm -hmm. I, I think he kind of fell victim to his own long con. And maybe that's also kind of indicative of him developing feelings on the island for other people. You know, he has to remind himself of who he is in the end. You know, it, it 
he had feelings for Cassidy and in the end it was just a job and he had to kind of realign himself and harden himself back up. And on the Island, he came back from being shot and he was well liked and he was respected and he was, you know, things were going really well, but I think that, you know, it made him soft and maybe he had to remind himself that he had to be uh, a certain kind of person in order for him to feel strong because a lot of what his cons are, is that he he preys on kind of the weaker minded. He preyed on all of the insecurities, uh, the the insecurities of whether or not they're safe from the others uh, with the group as a whole. And then you also have, um, you have Charlie Charlie's weakness in the fact that he's an outcast of the group, and that um, he is at war with Locke, just like Sawyer's at war with. Um, uh, Jack. And then you have Kate, Kate, who is very insecure about kind of her position with, uh, with Jack, with the introduction of Anna Lucia. And then, you know, you have Sawyer probably feeling really insecure about his position on the island and, and what his role is now that he's back. And it seems that everybody kind of likes him, that he's probably uncomfortable with that. And then you have Locke, who is, who doesn't trust Jack as far as he can throw him and he can't even pick him up. So, you know, you have Sawyer playing on all of these insecurities in order for him to kind of realign himself as the outcast, as the hardened guy, as the as what you said earlier, as the guy that everybody's kind of scared of. Just like he took uh, Cassidy and realized that Cassidy was insecure about, you know, whether or not um, Sawyer was conning her. And then, you know he probably softened as the relationship bloomed and then he had to remind himself that, you know, he wasn't this guy. He was somebody else. What do, what do you think about that? Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy at all. I think you're right. I think there is a lot of similarities between the way that long con ended with him and Cassidy in comparing to everything. Now, I think he's seeing a lot of reflection in, you know, what we saw last week with Hurley saying like, Hey, glad you're back, dude. And, you know, and Kate saying, you know, you're 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 well liked, as you had mentioned. Every he's respected now. From, you know, he went from the guy that everybody hated to the guy that was trying to get everybody saved. Mm-hmm. That that adds whether it worked or not, you're still going to get respect for that because uh, it means you're a stand up guy. And right. Sawyer doesn't want to be seen as that kind of person. He he feels like he is a different kind of person, so he's trying to revert back to that. Maybe and, he feels like he doesn't deserve it. Maybe. I think there's a part of that, too, because um, he's cheated so many people in the past that he probably just doesn't feel like he deserves to be. He doesn't deserve that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's I, I think you're absolutely right. I think there are a lot of good comparisons and, you know, reflecting on everything that he's doing now with being respected and well liked on the island. He's going to find ways to, as Kate mentioned again, you know, he wants everybody to hate him. Uh, and I think he's he's on to it. He's. He he made the right move in that, yeah. you know, not, but not only, but see, here's the confusing part about it too, is, is it's not just hate. It's being feared, as I mentioned too, but he's unknowingly or maybe knowingly, I don't know. He's kind of stepping into a leadership role. He's taking over the camp. He holds all the cards. With is the- it a Rick Tatorship? It's a Rick, yeah. It's <laughs> with the exception of the hatch, because he doesn't control the hatch, but the most valuable assets in the hatch, he has. He has the guns, he has the medicine. He's got all the power right now. So whether or not he, he admits it, 
he has stepped into a leadership role. Because he says it himself, if you want guns, you got to come to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was intending to do that or not, but that was inadvertently what has happened. So I don't know how you feel that's about that. That's a good that. point. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't know that he wants to be the guy. That's for sure. I think that there's some truth to that. But, you know, I you know, I have this written down. I'm really torn about this because Sawyer went about this all wrong and he's such a dick about it. I mean, <laughs> you know, he took he took he used Charlie in a vulnerable spot and he had Charlie attack the 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 most universally liked person on the island, you know, yeah. it, it, so that it was you know a bigger deal. Oh, it was Sun. I mean, if it was anybody else, people would be like, well, you know, there's some problems. Sun. Nobody doesn't like Sun. Like nobody. It would be like attacking Rose. You know, yeah, Sun hasn't had any issues with anybody, really. So you know, I mean, it was a very well thought out plan, which means he's just diabolical, right? But Jack deserved every ounce of this loss, yeah. and, and and to a certain extent, so did Locke. Both of those men deserved to be brought down a peg or two. I was Jack deserved it, to be brought down about eight pegs. It's so funny because as you were saying that, those were the exact words that were coming to my head. Was that was the bringing down a peg? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, as as much as I hate all of the methods and just the sheer sociopath uh, quality of this plan, Jack and Locke kind of deserved it. So I'm really torn. Now, here's a, here's a question I have that I just thought of as we were going through and breaking everything down. We, we know that Charlie was part of the plan. Uh, in the attacking of Sun, he was kind, and he was the one that, like I said, was in the shadows. He followed Locke when Locke hid the guns. He took the guns. He moved the guns for Sawyer. They are the only two people on this island that know where those guns are. Mm -hmm. Do you think this was Sawyer using Charlie for his own benefit, or did he trust Charlie enough to do this plan and make him a partner in this? No, no, no. I, I think that he just used Charlie because Charlie was weak and vulnerable and he knew that he could use him. Any good con man knows where the weak spot is and Charlie was the weak spot. But now you have a weak member who knows where the guns are. Unless Sawyer decides to move him again on his own. Yeah, maybe. I mean, but don't don't forget that Charlie, you know, said son can never know that, that I did this. Yeah. So that that's what Sawyer has over Charlie. I do, and uh, you know, I, I said last week that we kind of saw in everything that was happening with Charlie, we saw, and the situation that was in, we saw the makings of a villain. You know, what could potentially become a villain in any other situation. And thankfully, Charlie kind of reverts away from that as time goes on. But, it, you know, it's kind of a dark and sinister moment, you know, when we get that time at the end when Sawyer gives him back a statue and Charlie says, if I wanted it, I would have taken it mm -hmm. when you asked me to move it. I just wanted to see Locke look like a fool. Like, that's a dark moment for Charlie. That's a seriously dark moment for Charlie. Well, Charlie has never been able to take responsibility for anything that's ever happened to him. It's everybody else has done everything to make his situation the way that it is. It was Liam's fault that Charlie's, uh, you know, piano got got taken. He couldn't make music anymore. It was, you know, it's always someone else's fault. Yeah, You know, it's never his fault. It's Locke's fault that Charlie got kicked out of, of his little beach house with 
Claire and Aaron when it was all Charlie, you know, or it was Echo's fault for saying, you know, the baptism needed to happen, but, you know, not giving Charlie specifics. Who knows? I mean, an addict will say anything to make sure that they are always the victim. Always. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't have a lot of sympathy for Charlie right now. <laughs> Not at this particular moment. No, I don't either. I mean, like I said, when I heard Charlie say that, it's like, yeah, that that's a dark moment for Charlie. And it's, I, I, I think we're at the point now, I think we're at one of the lowest points for Charlie. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, did you notice, did you notice the hint that it wasn't an other that took Sun in the very beginning because Vincent showed up? And he was very casual. If there was any sort of danger or threat, don't you think Vincent would have barked or ran off in a direction of danger? I didn't even think about that. But since he just kind of sauntered away, it it told me, oh, well, somebody somebody's around, but it's somebody that Vincent knows. Yeah, I didn't. Dogs even are protective. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Um, you know, it, it's I, I, I love. I love Vincent too, by the way, because mm -hmm, Vincent yeah. is one of those characters that randomly pops that pops up in the most random of times. Yeah, like he just seems to be everywhere at one time, and I, mm -hmm. I love it. I love that he pops up that way. He's camp dog. He is. He's island dog. <laughs> He's island dog. He's island dog. I love it. And, I mean, and he is one of the few characters that makes it to the end of this series yeah uh, which i love i don't know how i don't I mean, either <laughs> labs usually don't last very long and he already looks like he's about midlife so okay <laughs> well you know what though if you look at the whole time frame of the actual present day of the island i don't think it's any longer than maybe a year or two I mean, you know, we do get the time travel element of everything, but that kind of puts the present day on hold. Yeah, I don't know. It, I maybe maybe somebody out there knows what the actual timeline of events is. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, it would be interesting to know, because I, I would, I know you. It would be just as interesting for you as I'm sure it would be for me as um, to find out what date it is that they crash on the island. And when at the end of season six, when Jack's eye closes, what the date is then so that we can know like what the actual present day timeline of the island is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that we would ever get that answer. I don't know. Yeah, yeah it'd be interesting to find out. So I don't think it's any longer than like a year or two, but I could be totally off. Right. So, um. I, think, I don't have anything else. Yeah, I think I've kind of covered everything on my end, too. I think the only note I don't have crossed off um, is just uh, Skeevy Sawyer, uh, you know, <laughs> talking about, like, now there's a sensitive man with Locke uh, coming up to be with, with uh, Claire. Uh, you know, it's just a continuation of Skeevy Sawyer from last week. Well, it's just Sawyer pointing out Charlie's insecurities. Yeah. Well, no, I'm talking about, oh, yeah, you're right, yeah. But yeah, I don't have anything else either. I think I've covered just about everything I have when it comes to this episode. Me uh, too. I think I'm actually really happy with this discussion because we weren't in complete agreement the whole time. Yeah, I know. You know, we started off fun. with the started off with a little bit of a debate, which I kind of enjoyed. I always like that. I do too. I mean, and I love the fact that neither one of us takes it personally, which is why we no. podcast together. 
I don't take this is we're, we're talking about a television show. Exactly. <laughs> I would, however, be very curious to see where our listeners stand when it comes to that debate. Um, so I'm going to put this out there. We're, we're going to tell you how you can leave us feedback and get in touch with us. Um, but I'm very curious to anybody, you know, to everybody out there listening, where do you fall on when it comes to divvying up Sawyer's things? Do you think it was wrong or do you think it was okay? Uh, I, I'm very, and if people are on your side and nobody's on mine, I'm fine with that. I just, I want to see where some of our listeners stand with that too. Okay. I'd yeah, be, me too. I'd, I always do. I'd be very curious. So if you want to leave us feedback or you want to let us know where you stand on that, there are multiple ways that you can do that. Uh, first and foremost, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We are on Instagram at lost revisited pod. You can send us an email at lostrevisitedpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to leave a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, very interested in hearing what people uh, think about that. I might even make that a poll at some point, too. That just, would be fun. Just to see where people stand. Um, yeah. But we do have a little bit of voice, a uh, little bit of feedback this week. Our buddy Steve, ha as always, has left us a voicemail. Because uh, he's the greatest. I love since Steve leaves us voicemails. He always messages too. Because did you record yet? When are you recording so I could leave my voicemail? I know. He always double. He just checks. he was just my guest host on um on our final episode of the rewatch for House Podcastica. I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah, it just came out uh, last night. Did it? Okay, I I got a new phone, so I have to update my podcast app. Um, I have to resubscribe to a bunch of them, so which is probably why I didn't see it. I totally deleted iTunes. Well, I don't. Yeah, I don't use iTunes for podcasting. I use Castbox. I, I think, use or Overcast. Is I use, what I uh, use Podcast Addict. Is what I use. So now I have to now I have to check to see what it is that I actually use. Overcast. <laughs> overcast. It's Overcast. Yeah, I like it. Overcast is actually it's a lot. It's really easy to use. So is Podcast Addict, but maybe I'll give Overcast a uh, a try too to see if it's any better. So, uh, but yeah, so we have our voicemail. This <laughs> podcast is brought to you by, <laughs> by Overcast and, and Podcast, podcast Addict. Addict. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's shift into uh, Steve's feedback. Uh, so we'll go ahead and play that now. Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve, and got some notes on the Long Con. Uh, only watched it once because it's just this is a it's a good episode. It's one that I I remember quite a bit, but I I forgot a few things as well. Um. The banter between Sawyer and Kate at the beginning is, is really good. And um, I thought it was interesting that Charlie, even though at the end he says that, that Locke was more focused on the guns, it's still a little surprising that he was able to follow Locke without being seen. And I wrote this down because I wanted to, to get this right. So Sawyer wanted to screw over Jack. Charlie wanted to screw over Locke. And Jin and Son get caught in the middle. It just uh, doesn't seem right to me, but that's the way it is. And it's interesting that no one even suspected that Sawyer wasn't acting alone. I mean, Kate kind of had an idea when she asked him, but she didn't follow it through. You'd think she, if she had followed through the progression of her thoughts of how did you do it? You were in the hatch. Then she could have, you know, followed that down to figuring out that Charlie was the only other one who's been ostracized from the group because he had already pitted Anna Lucia against. So uh, it, it just is interesting that no one even thought of that. No one suspected it. And when did Locke learn Sawyer's real first name? I mean, I know Hurley knows his name is James Ford. I know that I think Kate knows his real name. 
So maybe it's just to the point now where, where it's just common knowledge among them. But anyway, just a, a few quick thoughts. And, you know, this uh, this is one of those episodes that uh, is really good, but it shows us the dark side of Sawyer that we haven't really seen. We've kind of seen the the lovable, noble, honorable, vagrant side of him. But in this in this episode, we see the dirty, nasty villain that he can be. Um, and as much as I, I am totally, I love the relationship that he finally does have with Juliet at the end of the show. I, I do see that, that he and Kate at this point anyway, would have been a better fit than Kate and Jack. Uh, can't wait to hear what you guys thought. Talk to you later. Yeah. You know, Locke knew um, Sawyer's name from the manifest. Uh, He said that a couple episodes, actually, I believe. He reminded the audience about that um, by saying, you know, oh, yeah, well, Hurley knew your name from the manifest or something like that. Yeah, I think he says to him, like, where did where did you get Sawyer from? Uh, That's what it was. Yeah. He's like, what? It was either last week or the week before. I think we got that. They were tracking someone. I think they were tracking were Michael. They? Yep. Yeah. They were the hunting party. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, Locke has known for a little while already that James was was his name because I think that's actually what he calls him now. Yes. He doesn't call him Sawyer anymore. No. So um, Steve made a good point too about how nobody really cued on to the fact that Sawyer was not working alone. I mean he. Uh, the only people who would even really know that he was not working alone would be Jack, Locke, and Kate. Because nobody else was in the hatch to know that Sawyer was in the hatch by himself when the guns went missing. Uh, the people on the inside would would have to know, if they were smart enough to realize, that Sawyer was working with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, that's why Sawyer was a pretty great con man. Yeah, I, yeah, he just he, St- Sawyer is one of the smartest people on that island when it comes to street smarts. Yeah, he is very street smart. Street smart is going to get you a lot further than being book smart yep. on the island. Yeah, if you're book smart on the island, you're just an asshole. <laughs> like Jack. 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 What's the theme song? Call him a jackhole. No, what's our theme song? What's our uh, What's our jingle? Sad? No, yeah. no, no. Jack is the worst. Worst. Jack is the worst. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, what was the other? Oh, yeah. And uh, Steve chimed in, too, about the whole uh, chemistry between Jack and Kate and Sawyer and Kate, as well as we talked about at the top of the podcast. Uh, and Steve was right on with us, too, that, you know, it's uh, Jack and or Kate and Sawyer were just a better, I think, better suited for each other. Yeah, I agree. You know, they were just two street smart people. And who wants to be with Jack anyways? (laughs) Not even his own wife. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so thanks, Steve, for the the feedback, as always, with that. Thanks, Steve. He did a great job on House Podcast. I can't wait to listen. I'm going to have to download that today, a little bit later today. Good. Do it. Um. With that said, though, obviously one of the other things that we want to encourage all of our listeners to do is check out all of the other great content, both on Next Level Podcast Network and Podcastica Network. Uh, We keep bringing up House Podcastica every week, but we have to because we are merely days away 
from, Four days. from the final season starting. So it is as important as ever right now, your podcast, House Podcastica. It's actually really exciting. It finally, like, it's relevant. <laughs> I, I've been doing this rewatch for so long, and now all of a sudden, like, it's relevant. <laughs> it's uh, hashtag we are Steve. Hashtag we are Steve. We are Steve. It's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm getting so excited about it. It's, it's so bittersweet because I'm excited. It's finally new episodes, but there's only six of them and then it's done for good. And it's like, I know. It, it's so bittersweet. But like you, we talk about this every week. I have done so well. I only have four more days to go. I have not seen anything about this new season. I know. I, I've got to tell you, too, like somebody was on speakerphone the other day and uh, I, with my neighbor and she's like, well, what did you think about the preview? And I'm like, I don't know. Like and she goes, she goes, but all I wanted to know is and I'm like, I don't care. Shut up. No, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm really like I'm at the height of of the annoying friend quality that people hate. I just run screaming from you if you start talking about and it. It's so much more difficult for you than it is for me because you talk about Game of Thrones almost on a daily basis. Oh, actually, I, I at this point, I'm not even going like 10 minutes without bringing it up. Yeah, it's just it's it's so much more difficult for you. I have so much respect uh, for thanks. you being yeah, able to do listener, it. I had a listener email me this morning and he wanted to go over uh, a questionnaire quiz that he was making for his um, his watch party this weekend. And that was really fun. He took me through all the questions. And um, and then I took Ben through the questions. And, and it I turns failed. out they might be too hard for the casual, <laughs> I, casual observer. <laughs> <laughs> I knew maybe two of the questions. And, the, and I didn't even... I knew the first... Well, no. I knew part of the first question you asked oh, me. Oh, that was just terrible. <laughs> I, I may have to... I may have to email him back and be like well okay so i i thought some of this common knowledge <laughs> well but again i am a just very casual watcher like i don't right. i mean it's been going on eight seasons and there are still characters that i have seen over a hundred times that i probably still would have trouble remembering their name there's just yeah. so much content in that show that that's the way it yeah. is yeah, my brain's jammed with it too. Yeah, and uh, and now I need to go back, and I have four days to get through season seven again. You can do it. Plus I, oh, season I can do one, it. episode two. Yes, and the battle of the uh, battle of the bastards. Battle of the bastards. Uh, yeah, but I'm I can't wait till it starts up. I can't wait to be back listening to House Podcast every week as you're talking about it with you and Jason and whoever your your guest host is for the week. And it'll be really fun. Yeah, thank yeah, thanks for pumping us up. I I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, of course. Like, why would I not? It's a it, content aside. It's a great podcast. I mean, it's thank you. You know, there's nothing. There's no reason for me to not talk about it every week. So, right. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you. but you know, a number. What have you got going on? Well, next level. Uh, I want to keep talking about it because it is still relatively new. Uh, another piece of the puzzle podcast with uh, our friends Avelino, Christina, and Erica. Uh, you know, and it's an autism awareness podcast and now more prevalent than ever because it is autism awareness month. 
So yeah, and they're doing a lot of really great things with their podcast. Um, I know they're talking about you know going out in public, how to deal with the diagnosis, what exactly is the spectrum. I mean, they're covering all of it, and I um, I think that for three people who have never podcasted before, they're doing an excellent job. Yeah, I agree with that completely, and I, I'm just honored to make it a part of Next Level and. Just love that they're doing that every week. Um, you know, obviously we have uh, Thoughts With, which is uh, our Keith Bowerman does his podcast. It's, it's going from a weekly to a bi-weekly because he's in the middle of some stuff right now. Uh, the Short Live Show Show, which is basically a, a podcast that talks about shows that ended before their prime. I love that idea. Uh, right now they're talking about Firefly, which is the pinnacle of shows getting canceled before their time. Huh. I think that they should talk about my so-called life. Oh, it's definitely one we could recommend to them as well. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're, yeah, they're just going through and rewatching shows that were canceled before they got a chance to shine. And it's... Have they done Freaks and Geeks yet? They just started. So they're yeah. they're still in Firefly territory right oh, okay. now. Okay. So once they're done with Firefly, they'll probably, they're going to move on to another show. Freaks and Geeks is a good one too. So, but it's a lot of fun. It's hosted by uh, my uh, Pat Johnston and his wife and... So it's, you know, they have a good rapport with each other and they're a lot of fun to listen to, too. That's so, awesome. Uh, Panels to Pixels with Steve Brown, who leaves us feedback every week, as well as, uh, you know, uh, Mark Kirk, our buddy Mark Kirkman, uh, you know, and just a ton of other podcasts, both on Next Level and Podcastica. So uh, the nextlevelnetwork.com, podcastica.com, go to those two websites, check it out. You'll find something you'll like, you'll like I guarantee it. Velar Morghulis. <laughs> what is that again? Really? I know. I'm only kidding. <laughs> you're gonna I, take your, I'm going to take your clipboard. You're going to restrict my clipboard. Uh, I'm revoking your clipboard. Revoking your clipboard. Uh, next week. I can't wait. I'm, I know. I'm so looking forward to <laughs> I'm so looking forward to this phase of Lost because one, we're, getting, we're finally getting the introduction to one of my favorite characters of this series. And the show will never again be the same. No, it won't. It takes such a shift at this point. Um, maybe not yet. It, the first couple episodes, the next couple episodes, he's still Henry Gale. Doesn't matter. But he is still just, Michael Emerson is just such a phenomenal actor when it comes to playing these type of characters. And we're, I'm going to have a blink counter on him. <laughs> I am. <laughs> it's a it's gonna be a low counter yeah this I, i'll be surprised if it's more than 20 he's gonna you're, we're gonna get to the end of we're gonna start talking about next week and you're gonna be like he only blinked seven times i well total yeah <laughs> that's what i mean <laughs> i gonna have a blink counter i'm not kidding i'm going to do it yeah but michael emerson in the introduction of henry gale uh slash um yeah Ben is just one of my, not just because we share the same name, he is just such a dynamic character, and I, I love it. So, I mean, a character, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but he is a character that was only supposed to be in three episodes and turned out to be such a critical part of the rest of the series because of it. Yeah. So, I like, I can't wait. And I'm still working on getting him on the podcast, too, so... Now's such a good time for that to happen. So I hope it does. Yeah, that would be fun. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. So unless you have any final notes, anything you want to mention? 
Nope. Dracarys. Valermogulis. Winter is coming. <laughs> All right. Fire and blood. God, yeah. By the time people are hearing us again, Game of Thrones will have debuted or premiered. The season will pre- be yeah. premiered. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That so, is exciting. It is. <laughs> by this time <laughs> next week, we my will voice, have... My voice totally changed right <laughs> That is exciting. <laughs> that is exciting. <laughs> I got really excited. <laughs> uh, but no better time to wrap up this week's podcast. Thank you, as always, for being listeners. Thank you for... Uh, sending us feedback when you do and all the comments that you do as well, participating in the polls, everything, every part of it. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. There's a new sheriff in town. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back!